This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach and author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Today, we're going to talk about integrity. And here's the definition of integrity. It is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, basically doing what is right when no one's looking. The second definition is the state of being whole and undivided, meaning consistency in actions and thoughts. To have integrity, a person can't have conflicting ideals that change to suit the needs of a situation. Basically, what's right is always right. Doing what's right when no one else is looking is a little bit more difficult than one may think. Years ago, I was on an advisory board for a Burger King franchisee. Our quarterly meetings consisted of gathering at the corporate office to discuss all kinds of stuff that would help the store level management to either make more profit, control their costs, make more bonus, uh, give them ways to be more efficient in their daily operations. Most of the meetings were really boring. Occasionally, we would hit some brilliant stroke of genius, and then we'd be able to really help the store management at the store level. I loved attending those meetings. You guys know I love helping people. So just that chance of being able to do something that would help all the different store managers across the country made me feel really, really good to attend those meetings because there was always that spark of, oh, we might be able to do this. And I always found a way to attend those meetings, even when my district was shorthanded. We had a six-store district, and at one spring, and it lasted for about eight months, we only had about 13 managers on payroll to cover those six stores. Now, when you understand that you need two managers per day, one to open, one to close, you realize that having 13 managers means there's not anybody getting any days off, or a whole bunch of people are not getting days off when you do the math. So I got commitments from the surrounding districts, because we were a beach area and just struggling to find management. But the stores that were farther inland and in more rural areas, they were actually overstaffed. So they committed to sending us help, and it did two things. Obviously, it gave us needed days off, but it also allowed the payroll for the other district to be lower because they didn't have to pay the extra management. So it gave them a better opportunity to get a bonus. So they didn't mind sending us help. It helped them and it helped us. The advisory meeting was held about two hours away from my district, and that would give me about a 12-hour day. I would have to get up around 6 in the morning, drive two hours to the meeting, the meeting started around 8, we'd break for lunch, and then we'd conclude the afternoon, we'd get done around 4-ish, sometimes 5, and then I'd have to drive home. One of the meetings, I had already driven to the corporate office and was in the meeting, and I got a 911 pager message. And back in the days when pagers were a big thing, 911 meant it was an emergency. And then the, the store would just include their store number so you know which one to call. So I excused myself from the group, called the store to find out what was going on. And my manager at the store told me that the district that had promised us help, the store manager of that particular store that was sending us help, called to say, hey... I need to have my manager stay in my store tonight because somebody called off. So understand what I'm saying. That particular store was sending us help. That particular store had someone else call off. So they are retracting their promise of help so that they could keep their own store staff. So they weren't going to send the promised relief to our store. 
which meant that somebody had to pick up the slack and there was nobody off because I'm in a different city doing a management meeting. So there's nobody off that could have taken up and it given relief to the manager that was already there. So it would have had somebody working about an 18 hour day. So I want you to think about that. They promised us help. The person that they promised to us was healthy and ready to keep that promise. Someone else called off sick and that store manager took that as a way to break their word. Rather than them accepting responsibility and finding someone else to come cover their store, which was more likely and much easier for them to do than it was for us who had no one. So this district, remember, it had extra people. The sick manager could have been covered with just a couple of phone calls. But this store manager took the easy route. I'll get myself covered by not sending help. Rather than spending a few minutes on the phone to find somebody that would say, hey, yeah, I'd love to come in, make a little bit of extra money. So the vice president of the company was the one that ran the advisory board meeting. So as we broke for lunch, I asked to speak to him in his office and I related the story and then explained I would just need to leave the meeting early and ask if that was okay. Because I fully expected him to say, yeah, no problem. Go ahead and take off. Do what you got to do. I expected the vice president to say no problem. What he did say was, oh no, they're going to keep their promise. This isn't your problem. He's not going to pass the buck to you. So he got on the phone and called the district manager and asked if the district manager knew about the circumstances to where they couldn't keep their word and send that relief manager. That district manager said, yeah, I knew all about it. And I actually told them, just pull your person back. And he thought that was an acceptable solution. Now, this district manager apparently didn't know who he was talking to. The vice president of our company was about 6'5 and built like a linebacker in the NFL. He is an extremely imposing person. He calmly, but amplified the bass in his voice, told the district manager to send help as promised and then for him to figure out how to cover his own stores without breaking those promises. He said, I don't care who has to work tonight. You're going to keep your promise. And even if it's you working a shift, you will keep that promise. And then in a very chilling and quiet voice said, my expectation of my leaders is to keep their word. Do you understand? And then he hung up the phone. And he turned to me with a smile and said, you don't have to worry about coverage. Now let's go have some lunch. And he offered to take me to a local steakhouse and treated me to a steak for lunch. I was stunned. I honestly thought he would just say, yeah, no problem, Bill, go ahead and take off. You got to do what you got to do. That was the way he was. But he was also one that expected people to keep their word and to do whatever it takes to keep their word. I'd always respected him because he, he was just a very smart, intelligent restaurant and guest service centered person. This five minutes in his office was way worth more than any expensive weekend, let's walk on fire guru seminar nonsense. He set the example and then he followed it up whenever he had the opportunity to show people, hey, I do what I say and I say what I do. As a business owner, your integrity is your word. It's your reputation. Those things are the currency of your personal brand and ultimately of your business. When you start breaking your word, you look the other way when a law is broken and you can't be bothered to follow industry standards because, well, you know, they're just really hard. You become morally bankrupt and you're simply untrustworthy. That lack of moral soon becomes a twisted knot of business failures and you start making excuses for everything that's going wrong. 
And when your guest comes up, they may not know exactly what your moral shortcomings are, but you can rest assured they're going to notice things just don't feel right. And when guests get those bad feelings, they stop coming to your business. Food trucking is hard enough without looking for ways to cheat and to shortcut. Each step saved by cheating the rules or shortcutting regulations has a cost. That cost is to your business's success. And if you're shortcutting things and you're, you're crippling your own business, all you've done is create a job for yourself. And I promise you, you will soon discover you don't like your boss. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you find all the information useful to your business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. we got a whole bunch of awesome people in that group from brand new, just starting beginners to decades old veterans. They're all there to learn and they're all there to help each other grow and succeed. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I have plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and helping your food truck business grow.